0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Opposition days in the the House of Commons, it gives the opposition parties an opportunity to introduce or at least talk about legislation that they would like to see introduced into the debate. I mean, ultimately, they'd love to see it passed, I'm sure. Well, it's an NDP opposition day, and uh, what the NDP are proposing right now is uh, not something new, but something that they figured, well, maybe the time has come for. That is a wealth tax for wealthy Canadians. Uh, Federal leader Jagmeet Singh talked about this the other day during a news conference uh, and uh, suggested that uh, because of all the spending that the government is doing, and it is substantial, of course, because of all the COVID programs, one way to generate revenue would be a tax on the rich. Does that have a chance? Is it even going to be discussed in Parliament? Well, let's talk about that. Peter Grafe is with us. who is the professor of political science at McMaster University in Hamilton. Uh, Peter, great to have you back on the program. Hope you're doing well these days.
1: Yeah, thank you
0: uh... not a bad idea not a new idea that jagmeet singh is talking about here uh... he says it's an idea whose time has come is he right
1: i mean certainly uh... we live in a moment where uh... there's people who have managed to accumulate uh, large amounts of assets uh... without paying much tax on it and so yeah, we might ask uh... if we want to have a tax system that is a bit redistributive and uh... Uh, gathers, uh, you know, resources based a bit on people's, uh, you know, wealth, uh, there'd be very good reasons to to look at this possibility. I mean, I think it resonates particularly in a moment of shared sacrifice. Uh, I mean, similar kinds of taxes were discussed in wartime. I think they're, you know, discussed in times like this to say, if people are making a lot of money in a a moment of a pandemic, uh, maybe it's important that that be taxed in some ways rather than escaping uh, contributing to the collective endeavor.
0: we've We've always known that there's going to be inequity, and that, that doesn't mean we agreed that it should be, but it's always been there. But are we getting to the tipping point now, Peter? I mean, you know case in point, I mean, you know the stories we got about Donald Trump a couple of months ago that he's only paid seven hundred bucks in taxes uh, his first year in office. Uh, and you know he's worth a lot more than that. It, are people just saying enough is enough? I'm tired of this this inequity?
1: Yeah, I mean, if we go back to uh, just past the last financial crisis, we had the Occupy movement and this idea of the 1%, and uh, there's been a lot of studies since then showing that there's been a huge increase in the concentration of wealth within that 1%, and there's been a real difficulty finding ways to tax that, to say these people became wealthy in part because of their skills and talents, but they relied on the functioning of society and uh, you know good quality education systems and the like to enable them to make that money so they should probably give some back you know beyond which nobody really needs uh billions of dollars uh you know if they had half of that they would still have more than uh, they probably should so i mean those arguments uh, have been out there and uh, you know part of it is the difficulty of taxing uh the wealthy because the manner in which they get their income uh, is often in forms uh, that don't count as income under our taxation systems or that they're able to hide in various ways using tax evasion schemes and so, I mean, one response is to say, well, maybe there are sources of wealth that we can at least tax and and find a way of at least uh, extracting some kind of notional uh, or modest uh, contribution from those who have made so much from the functioning of our society. So, I mean, in what's being proposed today, I think, I mean, it's not a law; it's it's a motion. Uh, but uh, if it's based on what the NDP asks the uh, uh, parliamentary budget officer to look into. It would be the idea of a 1% tax on people with in, uh, with wealth of greater than 20 million dollars, which I presume is not that many people in London and Hamilton uh, who are in that category uh, likely to be affected of that. But I mean that would be, uh, you know, 1% of uh, 20 million is 200 thousand dollars a year. Um, most of us probably presume people who are sitting on 20 million dollars would be able to contribute that and probably would reflect. The benefits that they have drawn from all the things that governments do in our society uh, to enable them to accumulate such fortunes.
0: Yeah, the numbers I saw on this uh, from the, the parliamentary budget office is that they figure it's about 13,800 Canadian families that would be impacted by this, uh, that would be, you know, paying this tax. Uh, And they generate, uh, they say, about $5.6 billion, which is not a bad piece of change if you've got a big deficit like the the federal government has. But you you know, the other point you brought up a second ago I think is very germane to this discussion, uh, because I know that there's, in some cases, resentment from people that make all kinds of money, although 99.9% of them, as you say, work very hard and are entrepreneurial and they get this, you know, there's the odd person that just inherits this stuff, but they're not cheating the system. They're working within a system that the government has created over the years, uh, and and I guess the question we have to ask ourselves is: is there any government in Ottawa right now, or in Ontario, or any place else, that has the political courage to, tar- to start to tear that system apart and say, "Wait a minute, this is not right"?
1: I guess we'll see. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, parties uh, have been very reticent to go after uh... you know the very wealthy we did see an attempt soon after the liberals were in power in twenty fifteen twenty sixteen uh... to to crack down on some uh... some ways that people avoided paying taxes uh... through incorporation and that got beaten back because a lot of medical professionals uh... ran their businesses through incorporating and claimed that it was unfair to them and that it wouldn't make sense for them to continue to practice medicine uh, I mean, I presume uh, the proposed wealth tax of incomes over $20 million in part is to try and get around that political resistance because when you get down to 13,000 people, it's, it's many fewer. But again, those are people who are, have, uh, when they pick up a phone and they call uh, the Ministry of Finance, it gets answered by the Minister of Finance, uh, you know, in those cases. These are people who have a lot of wealth, who are quite active in politics, and when they call and say, well, if you put this wealth tax on me, I'm going to move my wealth somewhere else our politicians have a tendency of believing them uh, and of stepping back. So, uh it's it's hard to see with the current parties we have in power uh any movement on this, but it's also noteworthy that for the most part, uh, you know, even the NDP that's bringing this forward, NDP governments haven't moved a lot on taxing the wealthy. I mean, I mean one example that might be along those lines was uh, in Vancouver uh, to try and push a tax on uh, the sort of the wealth in homes, you know recognizing yeah. that many people have enjoyed a huge uh, boost to their wealth uh, due to the uh, increase in housing prices, uh, you know a huge increase in wealth that 's not taxed, so that, uh, uh, the idea of that kind of uh, house tax uh, on uh, properties might be you know one of the few examples where you 've seen a government actually try to put a tax on wealth i mean Canada being one of the few countries uh, in the west that doesn 't have an inheritance tax, even so we're really uh, one of the few states that has very little to uh, tax wealth as opposed to income.
0: I mean, it's, this is all well-intentioned. I'm just reading over some of the stuff here from the party, from the NDP. Uh, yes, the revenue that they would generate from this tax would be used to fund health care and housing and social programs and the guaranteed livable income, which, by the way, is getting more and more discussion across the country these days uh, as we look at the pandemic and the impact it's having on people. So, uh, you know, the the stated goal here, I, I don't think anybody can argue with. That's, that's great. All those are very valuable programs, and they do need a funding source for it. But you're right. I, I I I just don't know if anybody's got the courage to go to this group of people. And 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 I'm I want I don't know if I'm reading this properly. They say with fortunes over twenty million dollars uh, that those people would be eligible for the tax. So they're not really taxing income. They're taxing the the, the wealth, I guess, of that individual. Uh, and, and which is a bit of a different approach. Uh, you know, I don't know anybody that's... Uh, well, actually, uh, there are a few uh, folks, the, the, the you know, the Warren Buffetts p- and uh, and the Bill Gates and a few folks like that, Peter, that uh, in the past have said, you know what, I do have too much money, go ahead and tax me. But its uh, I'm, I'm not hearing a growing chorus from that uh, that financial bracket to say, yeah, let's do this.
1: Well, I mean, no one likes to pay taxes, <laughs>
0: but, yeah. uh, you know, it's our duty to pay them.
1: I mean, I think that's one of the, the issues with this. This is obviously great politics for the NDP because they make themselves... Uh, look like they're taking on the wealthy who you know who are a small group, and the many generally you know look askance at people who have that much money and aren't paying uh what we regard as their share if people are you know working hard uh, and earning you know thirty thirty five thousand bucks a year and facing really high taxes uh in their view uh you know why should the wealthy uh who have much more capacity to pay wealth uh, taxes not do that but as you point out i mean the the, the parliamentary budget officer says this maybe brings in about uh, five billion dollars a year. Uh, which is nowhere near the cost of, say, even a national child care program. Mm-hmm. So part of it too is I think Canadians having to recognize that uh, there may be valuable things we can do together that improve our lives uh, involving spending of money, um, but that we have to pay for it too. <laughs> it's not just the wealthy. We can't just go and find the money among the wealthy. If, they, if these things are important for us, uh, we'll have to pay taxes for them as well. So you know it's it's easy politics for the NDP. I think the harder question, is uh, trying to move the discussion on taxes in Canada as a whole to say that if we refuse to pay taxes, we actually may end up worse off because we don't have the kinds of services uh, that make life uh, enjoyable and livable and help us be uh, active and productive
0: in our society. This, this sounds great during election campaigns, and, and like I say, this is not a new idea. Mr. Singh had been talking about this during the last federal campaign as well. Uh, and Joe Biden talked about this. Uh, you know, that was one of the, the planks of his platform, wasn't it, Peter, that, uh, you know, if, if I become president, you know, you people here are not going to get a tax increase, but we're going to ask for a little more from the people at up the upper echelons. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen now. It looks like the the Republicans are going to control the Senate once again, and I don't get Mitch McConnell is the sort of guy that's going to jump on side with something like this. Uh, but it, you're right, it makes for great political talk during a campaign or in a session like this. Uh, but, boy, there just seem to be so many different roadblocks here. But I, I, At some point, though, we ha- we're going to, I hope anyway, reach a point where we're going to say, look, I know you may not be comfortable with this, but we're going to have to have this discussion.
1: Yeah, and I mean, again, it's not like the share of wealth going to the uh, people earning, you know, who have a uh, family wealth of $20 million or more has been declining. I mean, it's been going up, uh, and has increased, importantly, over the past 40 years. So in that context, it's not like you're trying to get blood from a stone. Uh, I think it is a question of saying we've been taxing largely through income, and the people who are at the very top end of the uh, income spectrum have actually been able to take their money in forms that isn't seen as income (laughs) so that they haven't had to pay tax on it. So, you know, part of it, too, is, uh, and not just in Canada, but across countries to make this kind of tax evasion harder, is to, you know, tighten up those uh, categories so it's harder for people to legally uh, uh, avoid paying tax. I mean, they have very uh, well-paid lawyers to make sure that they are acting in a a legal manner to not pay. Uh, How can countries work together to... Ensure again that those who are taking their money not as income, but uh, in different other forms of, you know, uh, stock options, or uh, you know, by incorporating and paying themselves and their family members in that way, you know, how is that taxed properly and fairly um, in, in a situation? So it's it's a it's a tough technical question, but there's also the the necessity to be talking about it in our politics and get our political parties committed that you know, fairness demands that those who have benefited the most uh... you know should also be contributing uh... proportionately uh... to our collective endeavors
0: Remember a couple of years ago, Bill Morneau, when he was still the finance minister, tried to incorporate something like this in one of his budgets. Uh, uh, mind you, it was, it was not just to the wealthy; it was to everybody. But you know, as you say, using tax shelters and, and family members on on you know as as members of your corporation and things of this nature, and there was such a pushback, he backed off it altogether. But it was not from the the extreme wealthy; it was from the small business types and you know that they, are doing this as well to try to alleviate the tax burden. I guess they've got on this. So it it just seems that every time there's an example of somebody that says, "Okay, I'm going to run this up the." Floor, Flagpole, uh, it gets shut down pretty quickly because of some of the public pushback.
1: Yeah, although at the same time, I mean, in, in that earlier example, I mean, it could be that Mr. Morneau could have taken a bit more time to actually think through what the likely implications would be and, and no come up with a slightly more complex instrument. Uh, but you're right. I mean, they, it seemed like they were surprised that small business people and medical professionals had uh, self, you know, had incorporated in this manner as business strategies and. Uh, uh, I was a bit surprised that they were caught off guard. I mean, again, one wants to not assume, uh, you know, bad intentions, but it was almost as if it had been built to fail. And uh, But it's not like it would be impossible to go back and find a different way of getting at the uh, kinds of cases that they were looking at.
0: With the motion that they're going to do here today, Peter, is is the process here, are they going to try to debate this today or just introduce this? Uh, I I, I mean, let's face it, you know, the the third party, the chances of them actually introducing something that that is going to pass the House and and be passed into law is slim and none, I guess, are the two chances they've got. Uh, But would the fact that this is going to serve as a catalyst for the discussion be of any advantage at all to the House?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it gets pr- it gets proposed on an opposition day, it gets debated and voted on. I presume the NDP wants to have the Liberals vote against it so that they can use this as a way of distinguishing themselves on an important issue. We'll we'll see which way the Liberals vote. I mean, if it passes, it has uh, it really does nothing to bind what the government yeah. does, except that uh, you know they they do have the capacity of the other parties to say no. Parliament said that this is what we should be doing in Canada. What progress have you made on that? So I, I think that's the the most likely outcome from today's debate.
0: Uh, and ultimately, if they do, obviously the pressure will be put on these. I know the government's got a financial statement coming up, but I guess February probably... Uh, for their next budget, and, and that's what the NDP, I think, would probably be looking at, as you and I talked about a few weeks ago uh, the, with the non-confidence motion. Uh, I, I'm sure Mr. Singh thinks there's going to be a quid pro quo to this, and uh, there better be some goodies in that budget next uh, year that, that are going to be uh, supportable by the government, too, and I'm sure he's going to wave this one at the Prime Minister and say, here, here's a great example.
1: Yeah, and I think the NDP also needs to come up with some reasons why it might not continue supporting the Liberals at some yeah, point. Yeah, because I there's plenty. Uh, so in terms of being in a position where they could go to an election and maybe have an issue where they could, you know, justify to voters why they voted against the Liberals in some kind of principled position, uh, it seems that like this is one of those uh, that they're sharpening up, uh, first by asking the Parliamentary Budget Officer for that report and now bringing uh, this opposition to motion.
0: See how it goes later on today. Uh, always a pleasure to get your perspective on this, Peter. Thanks so much for the time today. You're welcome. Take care. Peter Gray of course, political science professor at McMaster University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.